Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here's the man who would never grab his boot to squish a rat, my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm feeling peppy. Uh, you know, I would not squish a rat with my boot, but MJ does, right? <laughs> she grabs her boot with her hands yes. and kills the rat. She doesn't. She's not wearing the boot when she does it. No, it's true. But, but I mean, I think that's almost worse. It's I, I don't know. She runs away, clearly unhappy about this, too, right? <laughs> well, I mean, she's angry there's a rat in her overpriced apartment in Manhattan. I know, I but I feel way. like she was upset about killing the rat, and that's why she ran away. So Okay, look, I just gave you a different intro, <laughs> because this podcast covers the Web of Spider-Man and the Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, and the Amazing Spider-Man, so I have a little flexibility on in the intro. I decided to go back. You didn't <laughs> well, recognize. This is like a vintage intro. This is like a episode, like, you know... <laughs> 30 through 80 kind of intro this is well it's it's particularly pertinent because there's all sorts of like symbolism and metaphors that are all throughout these books so squishing the rat means something it's not just a random scene okay but so no one knows what we're talking about because we haven't even discussed (laughs) that we're talking today about craven's last hunt which which is uh six books and today we're going to cover all six books. We'll, we'll basically hit the intro right away and we'll just kind of blast through them. Uh, Eddie will do most of the summary and I'll do a little bit and we'll have our thoughts in there. And uh, without further ado, from October and November of 1987, Stanley presents Web of Spider-Man 3132, The Amazing Spider-Man 293, 294, and Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 131 and 132, The Coffin, Crawling, Descent, Resurrection, Thunder, and The Conclusion by J.M. DeMatteis, penciled by Mike Zeck, and inked by Bob McClellan. So excited. Craven is back! Pink vapors swirl about as he crawls naked, batting over the taxidermied creatures adorning his hall. Later he laments about getting old and how the world no longer has dignity or honor. Before we leave, he ominously narrates, I must die soon, but not yet, as he clutches the costume of Spider-Man. Peter also laments the death of a tipster, Joe Face, who helped lead him to many criminals. He collapses into bed narrating, so many people I love have died before their time. Uncle Ben, Captain Stacy, Gwen, now Ned. Do I think I'm somehow immune? I'm going to die. Woo! Heavy, heavy few first pages. And it's obvious this is a very different kind of book than we've read in the past. Uh, there's very few words, very few thought bubbles, no exclamation parts. You know, one time I counted exclamation points. Uh, it's ominous, dark, understated, uh, could probably describe the opening. Uh, it's mostly focused on the illustrations. We've seen Mike Zack pencil before, but here the characters are very muscular, and both Craven and Peter are naked or nearly naked regularly. <laughs> It's a very fast read with nearly all the words from the narrators, uh, who varies between Craven and Spider-Man the most. Uh, this is what I expect books to be like in the 2000s. Uh, why, also, Eddie, I think it'll be easier to cover them quickly, but I wasn't expecting something like this in the late 80s. Well, we then see Craven naked, covered in spiders, which he begins to gnash with his teeth, thinking, Tonight. Peter wakes abruptly from a spider bite and heads out for a swing to calm his mind after the nightmare. Craven finds Spider-Man and with a poison-tipped dart, captures him. 
In a coffin, Spider-Man is lowered into a grave and buried. Craven narrates the first stanza of William Blake's poem, Tiger. Spider, spider, burning bright in the forest of the night as he stands over the tombstone in Spider-Man's costume, laughing. Yeah, so I'm reading this for the first time. I'm assuming Spider-Man has been buried alive. However, Craven probably drugged him in some way that stopped his heart or something because the second book seems to have no Spider-Man in it, but I assume he'll be you know, coming back. Uh, the second book does begin with Craven wearing a Spider-Man suit and, as you mentioned at the end of the first book, and he's staring at Spider-Man's grave and he feels intent that he will be a better Spider-Man. Well, we dive into the New York sewers where we meet Vermin, a rat man who, in addition to being strong, can command rats. He's also deeply fearful of Spider-Man, having been vanquished last time he fought Spider-Man and Captain America together. And Vermin is eating random people who get too close to the sewers. Yeah, Vermin is a Captain America villain who I don't even remember from Marvel <laughs> Team Up 128, a book that we covered. I went back and I'm like, oh my gosh, we covered this. But he's essentially a sewer-dwelling man who looks like a monster and controls rats. Good job, James. I, I couldn't remember either, Marvel Team Up 128. <laughs> Thanks for the research. Well, MJ doesn't know where Peter is, and when she goes out looking for him, she is attacked by two hooligans. Much to her relief, Spider-Man shows up and saves her. But when Spider-Man kills the hooligans, she realized that's not Peter. The reader knows, of course, that it's Craven amped up on a jungle potion that caused hallucinations to help him fully embrace the spider. Yeah, Eddie, we once again see how many characters can leap around and act like Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, the Black Cat, the Gibbon, Daredevil, Craven, and the Black Widow come to mind right away. But honestly, does anyone even need webs to be Spider-Man? Just put on the costume and jump around from rooftop to rooftop. Uh, Mary Jane reflects on her new marriage. But I think her presence in this book is simply to make sure readers understand it's supposed to be a Spider-Man book. We need someone from the cast because there's no Peter in the book. Well, over the course of two weeks, Craven assumes Spider-Man's identity and viciously breaks up illegal operations, sometimes killing people. Police officers debate whether the new unhinged Spider-Man is better or worse as we move to Vermin, catching a pair of beat cops off guard, killing one. Craven, wanting to make a statement that he is better than the old Spider-Man, fights Vermin, capturing him and caging him in his hall. Yeah, Craven lets the reader know that Vermin was defeated by Spider-Man and Captain America, and he lets Vermin know that Spider-Man did not defeat Vermin by himself the previous time they fought. This is all just implying that Craven is superior <laughs> to Spider-Man. Uh, from the ground in front of Spider-Man's tombstone surfaces a hand. We then see Peter curled in a fetal position, naked on a white page. It is a nightmare where Ned visits him and graphically dies by melting. Peter eventually emerges from the hallucinations and his tomb and discovers that Craven has been smearing his name. He immediately goes to see MJ to reassure he is alive and almost as abruptly leaves her to find and fight Craven. During this book, too, MJ goes to see Joe Robbie at one point. She's thinking of telling him Peter is gone and possibly revealing the secret that he's Spider-Man, but she doesn't. She also isn't sure if Joe Robbie knows. Of course, the reader is also always unsure if Joe Robbie knows. Uh, also, Eddie, it takes the entire fourth book of the series for Peter to come out of his grave, go home to MJ, and then the book ends when he finally finds Craven. So really, just nothing really happens in this book. 
Well, he does find Craven and he attacks him. But Craven won't fight back. Craven explains he's defeated him. He ruined the name of Spider-Man. Craven leads Spider-Man to an electrified cage containing vermin and tortures him. Spidey stops the torture only to have vermin released and goaded into attacking him. Spider-Man tries to refuse to fight, but vermin's attacks are vicious. He wounds Spidey. Vermin strikes to kill, but Craven stops him. He scares Vermin off and helps Spider-Man while also promising to never hunt again. Spidey goes after Vermin and... Craven puts a rifle in his mouth and kills himself. Whoa! I know there are different like concepts of suicide in the world other than the one we are most familiar with, which is of disgrace. But it seems so out of character for Craven. Uh, this is not the ending I expected for such a long-standing Spider-Man character. I wasn't really sure he died. I was thinking, are we looking at clones? Or perhaps he has a jungle cocktail to grow a younger Craven from his old DNA. But boy, in 1987, he appears to be dead. Yeah, he looks really dead to me, James B. Uh, there's one more book, though. <laughs> Spider-Man is still grappling with his drugged near-death experience as he searches for vermin. When he finds him, the battle is fierce, and Spidey only overcomes vermin when he makes the mistake of ascending into the sunlight. He's webbed up for the police. Yeah, speaking of the police, they receive a full confession from Craven, clearing Spider-Man's name for any murders and crimes in the past two weeks, because Craven sends them a folder, and in the folder, it says, I did these things wrong, I'm the one who did it all, and it's like signed Craven the Hunter, like all this documentation. So They're like, well... They're like, look, it looks like Spider-Man didn't do it after all. Uh, the book ends and we see MJ with Peter and we see Craven's coffin being lowered into the ground. Uh, you know what I don't mention a lot in this summary is there's a huge amount of hallucin uh, there's a huge amount of hallucination that Craven and Spidey do throughout these books, but not like a you know like a Mysterio hallucinating where like things are upside down or like Doctor Strange's world where like weird colors and shapes are flying all over the place. It, it's all much darker. Uh, both of them are drugged up and in fighting internal battles uh, against like imagined spiders and Craven mentions his mother went insane regularly. Uh, along with this, there's a reoccurring symbolism, like I was saying. <laughs> For example, there's a rat who bites a spider while Vermin and Spider-Man are fighting. Uh, it makes the series very different from, you know, what we've seen in the past. Yeah, there there's a ton of symbolism. I glaze over it because I don't fully appreciate it as much as I should. But I did <laughs> see they tried to go either way to make little things. I'm like, oh, look, that little rat turned his head at the same time that, you know, this right. character turned their head. I'm sure they're going for things that are but just... It's very obvious symbolism. It's not like yes, it's, yes. it's not like when you were like Richard delivered roses to Vanessa, correct? And you were like, yeah. "Hey, that might mean he's the rose." You know, like that's very clever. This is like there's a rat biting a spider, right? And a no, no, spiders I, I, on the wall, and it bites. Peter. I get it. I just I, it, <laughs> it was just ma- everywhere. It made me glaze yes. over a little bit too, to be fair. <laughs> you know this the hallucinations. Never my thing. I don't even like extended fights. This book was just either an extended fight or hallucination most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that bothered me in hallucination was during once one person could be narrating their hallucination and then like it'd go for a few frames and then they'd show a picture of like Craven or something. 
and he would be thinking something different. I'm like, why is he involved? Why do I have to see Craven during Peter's hallucination or vice versa? You know, like, well, I, I didn't like the perspective changing in the middle of somebody's hallucination. That's all. Yeah. Other than that, I was okay with it overall. It wasn't. It was different. It was all right. Different. Well, who was this series written for? I, I can tell you, uh, four-year-old Eddie in 1987 would have been very scared. <laughs> well, four-year-old Eddie in 1987 couldn't have gotten six comics in a row, <laughs> even if it was in summertime. True. <laughs> and by the way, listeners, if you ever figure this out, we covered all six comics. Like that was it. Like that, yeah. This here we are in the show, and we've done six books. We just had the death of Ned Leeds, and we just had a wedding. So the audience, Eddie, is mature enough to handle these big topics. They've been around for 25 years by now, so they're not supposed to be four-year-olds reading this anymore. I I guess so, but 40-year-old Eddie didn't like these books too much either. It's just too dark and foreboding. I I think we get, like, one wisecrack in six books from Spider-Man. It's when Craven's he shot him with the dart, and then he's pointing the gun at him, and he's like, Cravey, guns aren't your style. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's it though uh, i don't mind the occasional dark book but too much for six books it doesn't feel like spider-man to me uh, it was really interesting to learn that craven is much older than he appears because he has ingested so many rejuvenating herbs and roots uh, he laments for the age of the the Tsar, which is before the communist revolution you know my history perspective starts getting interested in here uh, i i could tell you there's plenty of unhappy russians at the end of 1987 <laughs> the communists only last a little longer than craven yeah there's a lot more uh russian theme here than there has been in any previous craven storylines like they in fact a little while ago you had me read a line from him i was like should i be saying it practically in russian like it's so <laughs> right it's so much craven thinking about it he says craven off yeah, several times all the t- all the time it's like all the time. you know the aristocracy of my mother and father he was aristocracy you know in Tsar russia which is about the only good way to be in the Tsarist russia uh so i, I you know he longs for those days what did you think about Craven taking the time to write to the police to let them know that he so was weird Spider-Man? It's like he really is an old man and he like wants redemption for aspects of what he's done in the past. That, that's how I interpreted it. It, it. it seems once again, very out of character along with like the suicide, the whole, but you know, well, Spider-Man couldn't prove that he wasn't the one murdering people right. unless Craven confessed, and Craven can't confess if he's dead. So I, did it feel forced to you? Did it feel okay? It felt forced. I felt like he should have left Spider-Man having to deal with the mess of smearing his name because that's kind of a theme of Spider-Man too. Like making it all like, yeah, everybody's fine at the end. I was like, no, everybody shouldn't be fine. <laughs> By the way, the effects of the drug or whatever he did to Spider-Man never explained, right? No. But whatever whatever he did to him, uh, did you notice Peter was able to survive without food and water for two <laughs> weeks? However, th- did you notice there was one ill effect that Peter had to suffer through? Perhaps not. Remember? What was it? Uh, his voice was a little messed up. Oh, it was all like crinkly. His voice, yeah, his voice was raspy. Like that was the only damage that had been done to him. He had talked was in two weeks. <laughs> Right, but I'm like, that's it. Not like he wasn't, his muscles weren't sore that badly. I mean, the big problem was his voice. Uh, Well. But speaking of voices, Eddie. Yeah. When it comes to announcements, you can use Facebook or TikTok, but you would need photos and a phone 
and not everyone has a phone these days. So the best way for analysis, Eddie, is clearly a manila folder with a handwritten message. That's right. You can use it to confess crimes or to tell uh, Aunt uh, Joan you love her pound cake. Yes, Eddie, from the makers of Cracker Jack announcements comes manila folder announcements. Olympic-level athlete, hunter, and handy-hand combatant Craven is not just a supporter of this product. He is a former client and user of it. Remember when he gave the cops a full written confession? Eddie, don't use Instagram to show your love affair with a Canadian secretary. <laughs> Come on now. Or LinkedIn to tell the world that you can fence stolen goods. Don't Twitch live stream to tell fans how your wife feels about the song Alone From Heart. You can do all those things and more with one service. Use Manila folder announcements today. Eddie, are you ready to tell the world your secrets? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not. And no, I, I do not have anything to do with the secretary in Quebec from 100 episodes ago or whatever that number is. Uh, this is just an example. Eddie. I know, but it's not, it's, <laughs> why do they have to use me in a, in a, in a fake example, I'm just, too? No, I, it's just it, in, the, in the script. It's just I just say things like, hey, would you like to? It's not specifically about anyone. It could just say these are sample ideas of what could happen. Well, I I disagree with the samples that are being used in here, and I don't even know the last time I touched a Manila folder, so I'm, I'm ready to move on, James B. <laughs> All right, well, how can people reach us and tell us how they feel about either uh, Craven's death or uh, these books or, you know, if they want to write uh, a, a secrets to um, a friend using Manila folders, I guess. You can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or click on the link in this podcast description to join our Discord channel and connect with us through social media. If you have a phone and you're tech savvy, if not, we'll take a manila folder uh, message. I'm, I'm, fi I'm fine with this that. This is like the yeah. fax machine number we were going to send not too long ago. Oh, I've been getting faxes. Oh, I yeah? I get them on a regular basis. Like 1994? <laughs> And now it's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if you get captured by Craven, he's not going to kill you. He only kills himself. Goodbye. Goodbye. Eddie, I went online and looked at the official Sony Craven the Hunter movie trailer uh, just after reading these books because we were only six months away from the release of Craven Hunter the movie. And it's funny, it opens up with a bunch of spiders falling on Craven, and then they show a bunch of tombstones, wow. and they're the exact same ones from, you know, the spiders and the tombstones are taken right from these books. After that, the rest of the trailer has nothing to do with, you know, Craven's last hunt at all. I notice his dad is played by the uh, MCU Zeus playing from Love and Thunder, uh, Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah. That's the guy from Glad Gladiator. Yeah, well. yeah. And, um, and it looks like in the movie from just a little bit I saw, and I don't usually go watch the trailers, but it looks like he's an antihero. Uh, it looks like he's going to be facing off maybe against Rhino in this movie at some point. This or is going to do fine. Or... This... Craven. Oh, oh okay. Craven. 
It's a Craven movie. Right. They're not going to... It seemed like you're alluding Russell Crowe was going to fight Ryan. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, Russell Crowe is going to be the like father figure who uh, does not do well to his son. You, right. you, you are... You are weak. You are weak, child. You you deserve to die. You know, kind of. He's kind of that player in this storyline. You have high hopes for this movie, right, James B? It's a movie that is superhero adjacent because people who kind of know what's going on with Spider-Man will be like, hey, Craven, it's going to be relevant and it's going to do fine. One of the most upsetting parts of this this book series for me. Did you see what he had on? He didn't have his leopard pants on. I was going to say it's what he didn't have on is your problem. (laughs) I love his leopard pants.